We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, joining me in studio now is St. Louis County uh, Prosecuting Attorney Wesley Bell. According to the organization, the Prison Policy Initiative, U.S. prisons and jails incarcerate a disproportionate amount of people who have a current or past mental health problem. And this organization believes that facilities are not meeting the demand for treatment. So I reached out to Wesley Bell uh, because there was a recent presentation with St. Louis County on mental health diversion from the St. Louis County Department of Justice Services. Wesley Bell joins us. Scott Anders, I believe that is you, Scott, over there. Okay, I can I can see you, Scott. Uh, he is the director of the Department of Justice Services. And Wesley, you brought in another guest. The director of our diversion unit, Danielle Smith. Danielle Smith. Let me write that name down because Danielle's a surprise guest. Because Wesley didn't tell me Danielle was coming. But that's okay. I'm all right with that. You can bring in anybody. Everybody listening, you can bring in anybody so to Studio my, B. I brought my big gun. So. Oh, all right. She's so, a beautiful gun. Hey. Uh, so, first of all, um, do we know the percentage of people who are detained and arrested who come to the Department of Justice Services in St. Louis County who are in the midst of or who have diagnosed mental health issues? Scott, you're looking at me. Do you know that? Yes, 40 percent of uh, residents in the, the jail, and, and this is a consistent number nationally, 40 percent of people that are involved that are currently incarcerated have mental health needs. So respond then, Scott, to what I just read from the Prison Policy Initiative. And there are any number of organizations um, that focus on ensuring that detainees and and inmates are treated fairly and justly, humanely, if you will. This is just one that I found. They say that that facilities are not prepared. What would you say for St. Louis County? Are you prepared? Well, we're we're fortunate here to have partnerships with the prosecuting attorney's office and and uh, started with the MacArthur Grant uh, that funded a process to look at population of the jail and, and people that could be released. And we've gotten into conversations and taken several actions that are helpful now. So, for example, we have beha- behavioral health resources providing assessments at the intake process so that even if people post bond, they can get connected to mental health resources. And we, we have a process now that the uh, Department of Mental Health is sending a mobile unit to provide medication and treatment for the most chronically in need. And we've recently just proposed a diversion center to to try to make sure that people can get the help that they need before even coming to the jail. 
And Danielle, tell us what exactly you do and then respond to whether or not it seems like we are prepared. We've put some new things into place. And I take it it is because of our prosecutor, Wesley Bell, um, who, when elected, talked about these things when he was running for office, I should say. Danielle, what do you do exactly? So I'm the director of diversion and special projects for the St. Louis County Prosecuting Attorney's Office. Um, So we have several programs there. We have the LEAD program. It's the Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program. We have a pre-charge program, a post-charge program, and then four alternative courts. And so that would be the DWI, mental health, veterans, and drug court. So I I, um, assist with all of those programs. Do you feel it? Do you feel either A, successful or B, overwhelmed because so many, 40% is a big number that Scott just presented to us. How, how do you think you are doing in I those efforts? I think we're doing great. I think, you know, we've we've gotten additional resources. We've gotten another staff attorney and we're plugging away at um, at at all of the issues at the same time. I think we're doing I think we're doing great and more needs to be done. Wesley going to jump in here. Of but <laughs> if in a perfect world, what what would you have? Well, of course, in the perfect world, you wouldn't have anybody presenting with mental health issues right. who was just charged with a crime. Right. In a perfect world, we would have a diversion center, which would be like a separate standalone building where people could come and um, we could do the assessments there and find out sort of what their needs are, get some observations and possibly even some short term crisis beds, integrated care, individualized treatment plans and things like that that don't involve the jail. So it would be a first stop center. Wesley. And I do want to add uh, um, and echo everything that was said, but, but uh, reiterate a position that Scott talked or a point that Scott made is that um, with, you know, the, the, the challenge with mental health is that uh, folks are not coming into the jail with a, a mark that says I have mental health issues. Many of these issues are undiagnosed and, and we're talking about in the history of this individual of certain individuals, uh, there's never been a diagnosis for some of these some of these people, so it's a challenge for jail staff and any in, in all of the uh, stakeholders in the criminal justice system when you're dealing with uh, individuals who are, are struggling with mental health. Some of them are not showing, and and you don't and, and there's no way that we can just force someone as the prosecutor's office to tell us or um, uh, to tell us about their mental health history. And so um, I think the I think under Scott's leadership in the justice center as well as with our office and, and even the bench. I think there's a concerted effort to address these issues because I think we all understand the seriousness of of, of this issue, and, and, and that's why it's been something that's been near and dear uh, to myself and all of us for that matter. So you can't force a person to tell you, but can you say to a person you're facing – 20 years or you're facing 10, you're facing this charge or that charge. How do we then determine that someone is, I mean, and I know everything we've heard is how we determine that someone yeah. is facing mental health assessment is how we determine. It, it, it's more complicated than that because keep in mind that that individual, if they're in the criminal justice system, that defendant will have an attorney and that attorney may have a strategy for their defense that doesn't include psychological evaluation. So, um, on a on a motion, the judge can order a psychological evaluation, but there are certain um, there are certain things that you know have to be satisfied in order for that to happen. So it's just not that easy because keep in mind a defendant has a right to remain si- silent, and and a defendant does not have to testify, which includes testifying about their mental uh, mental history or 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 health or what what have you. And so it it, it can pose challenges. And then when someone's in the justice center. 
um, you know, there's, you know, they can, the Justice Center doesn't just have carte blanche to just be able to run whatever tests on whomever is there. I guess I'm kind of surprised by that because you, I, I think that the average listener might think that yeah. assessments should be done all the time. But that's a different question. You say should okay. be. Okay. We, okay. We would love to see an expanded, um, uh, expanded, expanded ways that we can get people help because that's really what we're uh, what we're doing. And and to Danielle's point, that's the point of our our uh, our uh, diversion program is to connect people to the resources that they need. Go ahead. Yeah. So with behavioral health resources doing their initial assessment on everyone coming in the jail, there there is some assessment, but there's a difference between uh, competency evaluation and mental health assessment. Right. And so we have 41 residents awaiting competency evaluation by the state now. That's 20 percent of the state's uh, total number on the list. Uh, but most of these people are not waiting competency evaluation. And so we have nonprofit groups like Places for People that are also in the jail that help when we identify people that are exhibiting uh, mental health needs. Many people come in with trauma, which is a mental health need. And and we have programming in the jail to address that too. Most recently, we registered everyone that was eligible for Medicaid to expedite their access to medication and treatment when they're released. Danielle? I also think that from from a criminal justice perspective, we've got a, a lot of instances where we have a population that's looking at a long-term jail stay to get a competency evaluation. And so if you bring up the fact that you might have a mental illness, you might wait for a very long time in the jail just to get that competency. And, and why is you, that? Is that is that staffing? Is that... I'll let the jail speak to <laughs> what's, what's going on okay. with and why it takes so long, but... From a perspective of somebody who may be suffering from a criminal, from a mental illness, if you say I have a mental illness and I need a competency evaluation, you might spend longer in jail than if you try to move your case along without even bringing up the mental illness component. And so if you're saying, if I reach out for those services, I might be here longer. If I don't, maybe I'll only do this amount of time or my case can be moved and I'm out. Wow. And, Karen, and let me say this real quick, because that's a really good point. And, and I'm going to use an analogy. If someone's charged with some low level crime, for example, where they're looking at probation by by um, doing a psychological evaluation or 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 stating that they have a mental mental health issue that would keep them in longer than just being able to plea out on that mm-hmm. low level violation. I think that's an excellent point. Um, um, of why, from a strategic standpoint, oftentimes defense attorneys may counsel their client to not go that direction. I had no idea. I had no idea that that is the case. And how do we flip the system? And I've got to take a break. He's over there telling me I got to take a break. I, you know, I love working with this guy, but man, we don't have enough time to talk about these very important issues. Um, so, is there a, a part of the system we need to change? So that people can get the mental health, because what you're telling me is they get out, but they didn't get any help. Okay. Well, I mean, the answer is obviously yes, um, and and I think that's why uh, people like Scott, Danielle, myself are looking at ways that we can expand the resources and the access to resources for the in, these individuals, um, such as treatment centers. Uh, that were mentioned earlier in the, in the interview. So there's a lot of things that we can do. We have to put more of an emphasis on the criminal justice system, but far too often 
we throw everything at the criminal justice system when these issues need to be addressed much further upstream. Uh, We need legislation. We need more resources invested into mental health care and treatment facilities because for years we were we were um, taking away resources and closing down mental health facilities. And that would just put everything on the laps of law enforcement and and prosecutors in jails. Don't don't cost me my job, uh, Scott. But can you tell me quickly why it does take so long to get that evaluation? Well, the competency evaluations are done by the State Department of Mental Health. They have one uh, location in Fulton that does those, and they've opened up a separate separate uh, process here in St. Louis. And right now they have a request for funding in front of the state legislature to increase the number of beds, uh, and, and hopefully we'll see some success with that. And there's also discussion about how these can be done virtually. Thirteen states during the pandemic set up virtual uh, assessment processes, and there's a possibility of even bringing state mental health evaluators to the facility itself. But uh, mm-hmm. we are we are doing much more than than majority of jails across the country, and this Absolutely. is a priority for us all. But of everything you just heard, there was one there was one place in the state of Missouri that does competency evaluations. One, and that doesn't sound like it should be the case. Uh, we will talk more about this because Wesley Bell has told me that he'll come in. To Studio B whenever we want him. So apparently we'll be able to talk more. You just committed me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you said it. You said it. Uh, Wesley Bell, Danielle, Scott, thank you so much for joining us on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.